Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 733. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Richard Schickman. Hey, Richard, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Richard Schickman is the founder of the RSR Project in New York, where he recreates and builds high-quality Porsche RSR tribute cars. His lifelong passion for Porsche is the catalyst that pulls him from his day job in real estate to the garage where he creates dream cars for clients. What started as a hobby is quickly growing into a real business. When Porsche released the 911 Carrera RS in 1973, it was a means of getting their RSR homologated for Group 4 racing. Today, it's become a cult classic for Porsche enthusiasts, and Richard builds cars to his clients' tastes and budgets. Richard will build you a dream car with various engine sizes, interior features, and numerous details making your dream RSR a reality. So, Richard, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business, about what you're doing with Porsches, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. So this began, well, this began when I was 15 years old. The business that's now stemming from my passion started about two years ago. I had a 67912, a white car that I bought off eBay for Mm $14,000. So ended up wanting to build an RSR, which in my eyes is the ultimate car, aesthetically. Yeah. It's just aggressive looking and and just so hot. So I was going to cut up the car, put a six-cylinder in it, flare it, and do everything. And I was at the PCA event at Pebble Beach and met Magnus Walker and was talking to him and a few other people who all convinced me that I should not chop up this all-original, (laughs) rust-free California night. Yeah, please don't do that. (laughs) Right. So I put it on eBay. Ended up selling it to a gentleman in England for double what I paid for it. Nice. And then went out and sought to find a, a shell, you know, mm-hmm. a car to, to build. Yeah. So eBay has been, for the most part, where I've sourced the majority of the donor cars. I spend a good portion of the time, you know, in touch with local shops and having PPIs done, pre-purchase inspection, mm-hmm. to make sure that there's no accident damage and no rust. That's really all I care about because everything else is redone. Right. So I found a 77 Turbo Look car. Oh, yeah. um, That had a 3.2 conversion in it already. Found that in Utah, ended up having it checked out. It was a real clean car. Got that out here, proceeded to strip it down to nothing, and started the process of of building the first one. You know, it's very involved doing the builds because you have to remove the impact bumpers, remove the short hood that comes on the newer cars, put on extension pieces on the fenders to accommodate the old-style blinker bezels, mm-hmm. as well as the flares. So that's the body portion of it. And then adding on the fiberglass hood, the fiberglass deck lid, fiberglass bumpers, and, and making the modifications to get those to fit. Cool. So had that done and connected with a fantastic body guy up in Connecticut, who I started working with, who's been doing the bodies on the cars. Uh, it was also a sunroof car, so you have to weld up the sunroof and skim coat the roof. 
So the body portion, as I said, it is pretty heavy duty. Once that's finished, it then goes to my interior person who is out of Bedford Hills, who's fantastic. And the interiors are done on the cars, new headliner, new door panels, all new gaskets, new Perlon carpet. We close off the AC vent on the dashboard. And then once that's done, it goes for mechanical restoration. Everything is redone, cleaned. The, the, the control arms get removed out of the cars. The engine's reinstalled, transmission, all the suspension is redone. And that's about it. Well, that's about it. Well, there's a ton of work to go into these things, I know. And it sounds like you just go through the car from top to bottom. Everything's redone. Everything basically comes to the new owners as uh, brand new. And, and obviously, uh, folks can customize these things, right? So I could come to you and say, build me a car. I could bring you a shell of a car, and you could build it to my specifications. Correct. Ideally, I've been sourcing the donors because when you deal with someone else's Donor. car, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know yeah. what you're getting. Or, yeah. or their idea of clean and yours are two very different things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and as a, an anal car nut, you know, I need a clean shell. And so ideally, I've been sourcing the donors, mm -hmm. and that's included in the price. So for people, that's sort of nice. And mainly been working with 3.2 liter motors. I find that they are really solid motors. Yeah. People have asked, would I do a 3.6? Could I do a 3.8? You know, it is an option, mm -hmm. but ideally, I'm trying to stick with the 3.2. If someone wants a, a bigger motor, we can discuss it. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about what you do with these cars and, and some of the people that help you build these things. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, something that is instrumental in forming your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning. Here on Cars, yeah, so Richard, take the wheel. Okay. Never give up. That seems to be the quote of the week here. I have heard. Oh, is it? Well, it's really funny. And, and I'll tell you, I've had dozens of racers on the show. So you must have some racing pedigree because virtually every race car driver who's been on the show uses that great quote, obviously, uh, when you think about it from Winston Ch Churchill. But how have you incorporated that into what you're doing right now? Well, I have entrepreneurship in my blood. I've had many different businesses that I've done and tried and this sort of just came about. It wasn't even intentional. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, between a lot of the business people I follow and mentors, that to me is, is just a great mantra. Um, it's also my email sort of since I'm 15 years old. My emails uh, is uh, never gave up. <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome. It's N-V-R-G-A-V-U-P. Yeah, when I first contacted you, I looked at that a couple of times going, what does that stand for? And then I realized, oh, it's like reading a license plate. Oh, okay, Correct. now I That's get it. That's exactly what I always say, because when I talk to people and, and I give them my email, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was trying so. to figure out what business that related to. So I, I like that very much. It's an awesome quote, and definitely for entrepreneurs or anybody in life, just don't give up. Keep finding a new yep. path, a new way to go. So great way to go through the through your life and through your business. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were indeed a car guy? Absolutely. As a 15-year-old, growing up in Westchester, and some of you might recognize the name, I used to go buy Motor Classics, owned by Nick Soprano. He was on Route 22 in North White Plains next to the Little Spot, a little hot dog place. Mm -hmm. And I would stand in front of the window in awe. He had big glass windows. And I remember just looking in and, and just something, I was drawn to it. I just loved standing there and looking at the cars. And he had some incredible, 
pieces of uh, automotive art or, or history. So growing up, I did that. And then when I was old enough to start driving, I went in and asked him if I could get a job. And he said yes. So that's sort of where it all started. And he helped to hone my passion for proper post-war GT vintage cars, which is really my favorite. You know, vintage Ferrari, Maserati, Porsche, things of that nature. And I was fortunate enough. I remember, you know, I've gotten rides in some very substantial cars from him. Competition Ferraris, GT40s. He had one of the six Shelby Daytona Coupes in the showroom. Wow. So as far as the question, that's where it sort of began. From that pivotal moment, I then purchased from my Spanish teacher in high school at Fox Lane in Bedford, New York, a totally rotted out, blown motor 71 2002 BMW. (laughs) Cool. So I didn't know how to work on cars or what I had to do. And me and a close friend of mine started to tear the car apart at his house and just knew that it needed a motor. So we found out that the bolts behind the, you know, the bell housing, if you unbolt those and unbolt the motor mounts, the motor comes out. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm self-taught. Then the rockers were rotted out. So I knew I needed to learn how to weld. So I got a set of oxyacetylene torches and started to learn how to weld and just did it. Very cool. And that's literally, I have pictures of it from 30 years ago. So I restored that car and ended up driving it through my junior and senior year of high school. You know, that that's sort of where it began. Where it started. Well, you mentioned Nick. I, I was fortunate to meet Nick Soprano at Pebble Beach during the tour last year. He was driving that car he designed and built. I think he called it the right. Sensuale. Sensuale. Sensuale, yep. yeah. And I'm hoping to have him on the show here sometime in the future. He's been a, a challenge to chase down, but eventually we'll get him. Maybe you can give him a little nudge for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Absolutely. great. Well, Richard, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty, something you're definitely not afraid of doing, and have you share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Being an entrepreneur, that's what it's all about, that tenacity, perseverance, uh, not being afraid to fail forward, as I always call it. So if you could take us to that painful time, walk us through it, but more importantly, how did you overcome it and what did it teach you? Right. So that that hurdle would begin with the first car, the silver car that I did. I ended up getting referred to a body shop in the New York area, and it was an absolute disaster. The beginning money that I was asked for to put down, I literally could have put it on the ground and torched it. Ouch. Literally. So he welded the blinker extensions on and welded the sunroof up and and started doing work, and it just wasn't going the way that I hoped. And the relationship, it just wasn't working. And, And it was there for six months, and it still hadn't been finished. So I ended up pulling the car. I took a trailer down and told the individual, I'm taking the car out. And he said, no, 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 no. Give me another two weeks. I'll finish it. I promise. I promise. <laughs> yeah. I said, we're done. Yeah. We're done. I'm taking the car right now. So I ended up through another friend getting referred to someone up in Connecticut who I work with, who's a very experienced body person. And I was very fortunate to have met him and have been, who then had to redo everything that had been done and go backwards before he could go forward, as he put it. So once I was past that hurdle, things started to to get better. 
You know, this is a story that I've heard from many people here on Cars, yeah, especially people restoring cars or working with other people, that uh, subcontractors, if you will. So what's your takeaway from this that you could share with our listeners so that someone else doesn't walk into that kind of a trap? The biggest thing I could probably recommend for people doing restoration or trying is a warm referral. I think that is very important, knowing who you've dealt with and having someone who already had experience with this person and someone you trust that gives you a referral. Uh, No, absolutely. Yeah, I've worked around enough restored cars and people that restore cars that absolutely referral, make sure they've worked on this type of car before. You don't want to be the beta test when you're taking a car for a restoration. Uh, Tough, tough, tough lesson, but uh, well learned. Well, let's shift gears and go to to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a a career aha moment. Sounds like you've had many of these in your your days as an entrepreneur. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, after I sold the 912 and started to build the silver car, the intention was just to build my dream car, which is sort of what I did. Mm -hmm. And then someone saw the car and offered me uh, a six-figure number for the car, and I ended up selling it. And that sort of, if you want to call it an aha moment or a little light bulb went off, Yeah. and I said, maybe there's something here. The, The thought being, if I could produce something that's you know reasonably priced if you can call the mid 100s reasonable in this in this market <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that there were a lot of people out there who would love to have a hot rod or a car mm-hmm. and don't have the know-how or the wherewithal or the contacts to do it cuz right. i've also thought about it deeply in terms of a lot of people probably say well i could do this myself for x amount and the nightmares and the hurdles you'll go through probably outweigh the extra thirty or fifty thousand, you know, maybe to buy one of my cars. But it allows, you know, peace of mind. I've sourced. I mean, I, the people I work with are fantastic. Yeah. When it comes to restoring a car, there's nothing like working with somebody who's been there and done that because there are so many obstacles that you will face, guaranteed, that you'll come up against that you had no idea was coming. And it's exciting for me to hear what you're doing because real RSRs are unobtainium prices unless you want to spend a million plus dollars on these things. And of course, there's other people doing these kind of things. There's been the R group around forever, these guys who build cars, but they're all built by different people and so forth. I think it's really fun what you're doing, and I'll let our listeners know, We uh, Richard and I spoke yesterday, and I was talking about a trip I took to San Diego a few weeks ago. I was at the Secret Car Club Saturday Morning Cars and Coffee. Chris has been a guy that runs it, has been a guest on the show here, and a, an old friend of mine drove up in a car very much like what you build, an RSR replica or tribute cars, we like to call them, and ah, they're just so cool. They're just so, Absolutely. so cool, so. I really love what you're doing. Well, how about your proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out for you? Well, as far as the this project, when I sold the silver car, that somebody had an interest right. in what I did or, or, or what I built because it was my vision. And there are certain styling cues that some people might not like, some people might. I don't like to use headrests. I think the low back seat, I use RS shells, but with no headrest. I just think aesthetically, it's a really cool look and looks a little more retro. Yeah. You know, things like that. And the wheel tire combination to me was very important. When I talk with people, I always say you would see these online and there'd always be something wrong. 
like, yeah. you know, on eBay or something. Like, it would be a gorgeous car, and it would have 17s on it, which just don't look right. Right. Or it would be an absolutely stunning car, and it would have just the wrong seats. So I tried to tie it all together, and with what I say, my bringing with Nick, I, I'd like to think I have tasteful, classic taste. Right. And so the fact that someone saw the car and and loved it so much that they wanted to purchase it or had to have it, was pretty uh, pretty cool. Pretty special. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun again and go back in time once more. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, the 2002 was my first car. My first special car, and earlier you mentioned that you must have some racing, racing in your blood, and that is correct. Up here we have Lime Rock. Oh, yeah. So when I was still in high school, there was a, a local shop in Hawthorne, New York, that used to build Datsun 510s, and uh, they also built one Camaro, which I ended up purchasing. I forget from who, and I forget the name of the shop, but um, it was a 74Z28 that was, even by today's standards, fully set up. It had Rancho suspension and urethane bushings and a full frame and Recaros and an M22 Rock Crusher and a Ford 9-inch rear, and I could go on and on and on. <laughs> cool. Going back to my car lineage as a kid, yeah. even though muscle cars are not necessarily my thing anymore. I appreciate them, but um, I've sort of gone toward European, but I do know a good deal about it. So that was, for me, probably my first crazy or special car. And back then, I started as a kid doing autocrosses. Fun. Yeah, that was a way for me to get, you know, to be able to go fast. Yeah. And so this car was totally set up for it. It had a crazy motor in it. And then I also did run it at Lime Rock. So I would say that was probably my first special car. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. I love it. Well, how about a car that you sold, that you let go, that you really wish you had back in your garage? I would assume there's a few of those, but is there one that stands out? There is, and I don't have to think about it. The 67 912. Yeah, car that started. Yeah, exactly. But I maybe I'll buy another or, or get it back. The gentleman who bought it in England said if he ever sells it, he'll contact me. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. First rights refusal are always... A Nice thing to add to a car sale. I've got a right. few of those out there. Well, they're fun little cars for sure, and uh, I understand uh, the sentiment there absolutely. But that was the that was a pretty good deal. You doubled your money on that car, and that much yep. of a, lit, a light bulb on your head too. Going, ah, there's something to this car selling market. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very I think cool. timing. Timing also. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been very fortunate with uh, all the collector cars I've had. I've sold them all at the right time. I've looked like a genius to my wife, but uh, right. I'm sure if I started doing it for a living, everything would go sideways. Yep. Well, how about current projects? Tell us what you're working on right now that has you really excited and fired up. Surprisingly, what I'm about to tell you, the car that I'm restoring that's kind of neat, that excites me, is a Kaiser Darren. Ooh, now that's different. You just yeah. you just threw me for a loop here. Especially considering what I'm doing. Yeah. That probably excites me. But you know what? Every build I do excites me because they come out. I just finished a Gulf Blue car. It was sold before it was even finished. I'm doing a Signal Orange car for a gentleman in Boston. Uh. I have three others that I'm doing. I'm going to do Viper Green. I've had a lot of people asking for the, the slate gray. Oh, yeah, the Steve McQueen color. Correct. So I'm doing one in that color with red, which I think will be really neat. But in terms of excited, the, the Kaiser's a really, really neat car. Yeah, now that car's the car that the door slides forward. They go into the fenders. Forward correct. into the fender. Yeah, okay, yeah. Really interesting. That's a very now Kaiser Darren, where'd that come from? Um it actually I purchased it with um two other friends at an auction in Chicago and it was 
something of a basket case, but got it at a good price. Yeah. And it's just such a unique car and unique history. And, and so it's it's being finished at a shop out in Pennsylvania. The body was done and yeah. mechanicals, and it should be ready in about four months. Ah, uh, you'll have to send me a picture. I remember that car was designed by Howard uh, Darren. I think they called him Howard Dutch Darren, if I remember yep. right. And yep. I think they only made that one year. as 54. Is that right? Do I have that year right? right? Yeah, okay. Yep. Wow, that's a really unique car. You don't see many of those around, so I look forward to seeing that when it's done. What color will it end up being? It's yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty much a standard. I remember seeing yellow Kaiser Darren's on the lawn at Pebble Beach, so very yep. nice. Very cool. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Richard. We talked about this a little bit at the beginning here, but I'm interested to hear what you came up with. If you were a car, what kind of car would Richard be and why? This was a tough one. <laughs> I know. It's, it's kind of um, different. <laughs> yeah. I would have to say it ties back into my email, a Dodge Dart. A Dodge. Okay. I think you're the first Dodge Dart. So why a Dodge Dart? I remember a young lady who worked for a friend of mine who had one, and it probably had 250,000 miles on it and would never die. Straight six. And that's sort of where I think I fall into the category. Just, you know, get up and keep going no matter what happens. Uh, <laughs> I like it. And just indestructible. So I could say a Volvo. I, I could also fall into the Volvo category, but uh -huh. I don't know. P1800. Oh, P1800. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah. That might be more in line if I can choose to, but a Dodge Dart's probably fine. Well, I think you got the essence of that question very nicely, Richard. So I appreciate you right. putting some thought to that. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com.
com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. All right, Richard, we are back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Drive your cars. Uh, yes, absolutely. I can't tell you how many cars I bought that have been sitting, and I have to spend all this money getting them back to roadworthy. Even though they look beautiful, uh, everything in the mechanicals are dried up and messed up. And Yeah, drive your cars. No garage queens here at Cars, yeah. Exactly. You, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Uh, my follow-up. Yeah, communication. Yep. Please, people, just communicate. It's it's so yep. easy. Just I've gotten so much business just returning a phone call or an email. Well, and I'm very grateful because as soon as I reached out to Richard, he got right back to me, and here we are a few days later doing the show. So uh, you yep. are a guy that walks your talk, most definitely. Now, how about resources? There's some great resources out there. Are there any that you'd like to share? Dave at TRE Motorsports in Van Nuys, California, is who I buy a lot of my parts from. Fantastic guy and very knowledgeable. He helped me in the beginning and held my hand till I was up and running. And uh, nice. Can't can't give him more praise. I also work uh, with Justin at Euro Interiors, who's in Bedford Hills. He's a very skilled young gentleman. Working with Spencer at Speedsport in Danbury, Connecticut, as well, who's nice. helping me build the motors and transmissions. And my body shop, unfortunately, I'm going to keep private. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to keep some of those cards close to the vest so that yeah. they keep working for you and they don't get overwhelmed. So I appreciate that. I'm going to feel guilty not giving him credit, but he'll be so busy he won't be able to do my work. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Fangio. Oh, that would be cool. What is it yep. about Fangio that you'd love to sit and have a cappuccino or a vino with? Yep. His racing history. I mean, he he drove all the cars that I love. 300 SLRs, the 450 Maserati Ss, all those post-war, you know, GTOs, short wheelbase Ferraris, all of that is what I, I love. Those are my, my sweet spot. And, and so I think he'd be an interesting person to, to sit down with. I was so fortunate one year during the historic races at Laguna Seca when he was the featured guy, and I stood in this long line and got to meet him and talk with him. I got a picture with him, and he signed a little memorabilia, automobilia thing for me. He was just watching him sit there with all the people was such a grateful guy and right. a graceful guy, too, just uh, very cordial and friendly. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad at least I got to shake his hand uh, yeah. before we lost him. Very nice. Now, yeah. how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think the Car Show listeners would enjoy? It's not car-based. That's okay. But How a Man Thinketh by James Allen. A friend of mine turned me on to it a few weeks ago. Um, it's an old book. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get the original copy because they did a rewrite and it's not the same. It's about mindset. Nice. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think that worked. I think so, too. I love books like that. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Richard has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Richard Schickman. Richard's last name is spelled S-C-H-I-C-K-M-A-N. There's another great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and Books, gosh, I think there's almost a thousand books listed there now. It's an awesome resource. Just go to the Cars Yow website, click on resources, and you'll see guest recommended books. I've set it up for quick, easy clicks to buy for you to make it very, very easy. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Richard, and this last question can be a real doozy. 
If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, money's no object today here on Cars. Yeah, I'm going to buy you anything you want. What would it be and why? Who's better than you? <laughs> I don't even, again, I think earlier I said it, I don't even have to think two seconds about this. Uh-huh. GT40 golf car, 1076. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yep. going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> If I can yep. get the owner to, to release the car. That was the car in 69 that uh, David Hobbs and Mike Hallwood raced at Le Mans. Wow. Well, yeah, very special car. What is it about the GT40 that you love so much? Well, when I was 16 years old, I got a ride in an original car that Nick had, and I was hooked. Mm. We There's a stretch of road, which many people might know of, from North White Plains up to Armonk, New York. It is, it's basically a racetrack. It's a wonderful stretch of Route 22. And we took a ride in that car probably at 120, 130 miles an hour through the turn. Oh, my gosh. Up to the IBM headquarters in Armonk and back. And I'll never forget it. And that that solidified my love of cars as well as that particular car, the GT40s. Oh, man. Yeah. Talk about ingraining something in your skull that's never going to leave you. Wow. Fortunate guy. Well, awesome. Well, I'll get to work on that for you. I'll see how I get that. I'll look forward to seeing it in my garage. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we live across the country, so I might have to drive it over there for you. You're welcome to fly out here to Gig Harbor and we'll drive it back. That would be pretty darn fun. Richard, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and what you're doing. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the road in that GT40. <laughs> Similar to what you probably picked up is um, always keep your hustle on and never give up. Uh, absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and learn more about what you're doing? You can follow me on Instagram at uh, RSR Project and also on Facebook, the RSR Project. As this grows, I'm working on a website, which a lot of people are asking for. Yes, absolutely. And there's another... Uh, Great write-up about Richard at Petrolicious. You can go there, and I'll put a link on his show notes page for that as well. It's a great write-up by the great people at Petrolicious. Of course, we've had several of their outstanding members here on the show. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Richard has shared on his show notes page at CarsYeah.com. Richard, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.